Welcome to the Thanksgiving Thursday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am Kevin Cole. I am joined by Lee Sharp. Lee, are you enjoying? Are you looking forward to a socially distanced uh, Thanksgiving celebration this year? Yeah, it, uh, you know, obviously it's uh, sad to be able to miss out on family, but at least we got a you know a couple of football games to keep us uh, nice and entertained. Could still have some some turkey and and uh, good times, and maybe do a Zoom call with family. So yeah, I think it'll be good. How about you? Okay, where where no, I have to know where do you stand on the great turkey debate? Because I get this impression from Twitter where outrage and negative attitudes spread more quickly than anything that literally no one enjoys their their turkey thanksgiving dinner because everyone is more than happy to tell you if they if they have any problems with it so are you pro turkey you anti turkey are you yeah, it's it's good it's enough. A, it gets the job done. It's a tradition. Done. It's fine. It gets the job done. It's you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Uh, I prefer the dark meat to the light meat. I guess that's my strongest take on turkey. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost trying to go contrarian for 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 the light meat because no one likes the light. <laughs> I don't know if I could go there. But see, so think if you if you if you have some good gravy, right? If you have a good gravy, uh, you just put that on top of everything. There it you doesn't go. Matter, like, that may, so you, it doesn't even. Turkey's it doesn't even matter problem. what you're eating there. Yeah, Turkey's biggest problem is that it, is that it isn't moist enough. So I, I like that. You just dump yeah. the gravy on it. And, yeah, yeah. and I'll say, I don't know. I mean, at least for our household growing up when we would have family in, uh, people were stuffing themselves pretty pretty good. Like, like it was, you know, so I'd say that's the proof the market has spoken there. Like, if it wasn't good, then why would people uh, feel like they need to die from having eaten so much beforehand? So I'm just going to play that out. I'm just gonna, As an analytics guy, I'm just going to say that's my measurement for like whether it. or not it's, it's good. And I'm going to say I'm going to say it's a yes. So anyway, on, on serious side, though, we have a Thanksgiving slate. We now have a reduced Thanksgiving slate. We had uh, a very pivotal uh, uh, Ravens Steelers matchup Sunday night going to be was going to be at, I mean sorry the, uh, Thursday night going to be at the Steelers that is now off the table pushed back to Sunday afternoon presumably if that even happens we don't know at this point whether or not the Ravens test uh, positives will slow down enough for that to even be a possibility so that's off the table but we still have two good games we're we're back to where we were I don't know how many years ago it was ten years ago or something like that where we only had the two Thanksgiving the two traditional games which is in Detroit and in Dallas we have first the Texans. Uh, and a red-hot Deshaun Watson, not a red-hot Texans necessarily team, although they did win uh, last week, but a a um, uh, red-hot Deshaun Watson in Detroit. And then we have Washington football team versus the Cowboys. And you'd say that's the worst game ever, ever, other than the fact that there are playoff implications in any game that involves an NFC East team. So let's start with the early game. Uh, what have you what have you seen looking into this? Uh, any trends, any leans, any, anything that you're liking there? Yeah, um, the this line, the look ahead prior to week 11 was uh, Detroit minus one and a half. And uh, then it opened at uh, Houston minus two and a half and quickly jumped up to, to minus three and spent been sitting pretty tight at minus three cents. Um, uh, you know, I think that uh, that movement obviously makes sense, you know, given that the Houston Texans got their first win over a team other than the Jacksonville Jaguars over New England last week. And then, uh, you know, the Detroit Lions got shut out against P.J. Walker, XFL star of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, but... and the, the vaunted Panthers defense. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, um, okay, wait, wait, first, first, first right off the top. 
is this an overreaction? I, mean, I know we say moving between the threes isn't a big deal, but if it's getting to three, is, is this an overreaction? Because if I, if I knew nothing about football and I just looked at what happened last week and I saw what happened this line movement, I'd say, eh, you know what, maybe if I had to bet anywhere, I'd, I'd, I'd say, let's go with the Lions here, just based upon this recency bias type of move. Yeah, like I in general, that's how I, I tend to think about these. Like well, I, most of the line movement uh, that I've seen this season, I've actually been skeptical of. And I think the, the results have borne that out. I, I don't necessarily think that I agree with it in this particular case, though. Um, I, I think that, you know, the defenses are both equally quite bad and. Mm -hmm. You know, the offense for the Texans, I think, is just much better. The Lions offense on, on the games where they don't have Galladay, who is going to continue to be With, out tomorrow. Have yeah, been. He's, he's out. Amendola's out. Uh, DeAndre Swift is a questionable. I'm not how much he he's a running back. So let's not let's not get crazy here. <laughs> um, but he does catch. He does catch passes. So he's a little bit more influential there. Um, and then on the Texan side of the ball, Randall Cobb, I believe, is out. And Kenny Stills is out. So you have Kiki Cutie, who did pretty well last week in a, in a filler role. So he can still come in. They still have um, Brandon Cooks, and they and they have Will Fuller. So they may not have a full complement of receivers. And they also have Jordan Akins, who's playing really well. But so so I say they're in a little bit better shape as far as the injury concerns are. So go, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think those are a great point. But yeah, it's certainly, obviously, those are notable uh, receiver injuries. But it's not, you know, not things that they can't manage and i think you know clearly you look at the quarterback play uh, i tend to think stafford is a bit underrated but uh you know i still think it's pretty obvious that sean watson is the far superior quarterback in this game and uh you know uh as i've you know been beating the drum all season i don't i, I think home field advantage is is fake so it's you know uh i think the texans yeah uh, uh especially you know there's no fans in, in detroit so uh yeah i i i think the texans are the right side here i i like to take them with minus three now there's probably no data to back this up and it's so small sample that it doesn't matter but can it be less fake on a short week um like travel considerations things like that um just just, just thinking i'm just thinking out loud here probably P potentially yeah, I'd be a little bit more right? worried about the that if it was like an east to west travel, right? Where you're yeah. where you're moving time zones, but this is you know like central time to eastern time. I'm a little eh. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that there. So so we don't so you don't have a strong opinion either way there. Uh, I see the total fifty up to fifty one and a half, which in the context of 2020 and the fact that it's being played in a dome, everything else isn't particularly high. And like we said, the defenses both stink. So what about the little, a little over, a little over action on this one? Spice things up a little bit on Thanksgiving. Give you something to root for. <laughs> Honestly, this total, I think, is pretty good line, and I don't really love taking either side of it. The, the you know, when I look at where the teams, uh, games involving one of these teams, have, have the, their totals been an average of like 50.6 this year. I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think this is this is pretty good, and 51 is a key number. So if you're on 51.5 and you're trying to take the over, you're also on the wrong side of the 51 key number. So it's, I, I, yeah, I just, I think I say in a way, these defenses are both bad, though. So they, that does push you to the over, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I think this is a pretty good number, honestly. Okay, so let's go to the Washington football team at the Cowboys. Um, Dallas, you know, came away with a win. They're they're riding high, as high as a as, as the Cowboys, <laughs> as, as that team could could be riding right now. Um, 
they're at home. Let me look here. So we have, they were one, it looks like when it opened, although these openings that I'm looking at might be a little bit less, uh, it might've been more like one and a half or two. And now it looks like it's up to three and a 46 total. What you say, Mr. Sharp? Yeah, um, the, yeah, I had to look ahead at minus one and a half, but it is now at minus three. Um, you know, I think that that's probably giving Dallas maybe a little bit too much credit. I, you know, I think that, that, that there's no real reason to be clear and convinced that they're the better team. I think that Washington's defense is more likely to show up and do well in this game. They have a good pass rush, uh, you know, compared to the Cowboys defense, which has been abysmal all year. Neither of these offenses I expect to be particularly good. I mean, you know, Andy Dalton, despite a rough start early this season when Dak first went out, uh, is, I think, a fine backup. But, you know, I mean, Alex Smith is his you know, starting to, to, again, show a little sign of life. I'm not saying he's good. He's not. Neither of these quarterbacks are good. They're, they're both just fine. And so it's like, uh, yeah, I, I think I lean a little bit more toward the Washington uh, side on this. Uh, the one hesitation I have in there is it looks like McLaren is listed as questionable. He did fully practice today, so I'm optimistic he'd show up. But, you know, he's one of the main targets on uh, the Washington football team. And if he's out, I'd be a little bit more hesitant to take the side. But it looks like he's go. So I, I kind of like it. And given where the number is, I'd probably be honestly more inclined to take the money line at like 130 is what I'm seeing now. Yeah, it's kind of weird because the uh, Washington won last week, but Alex Smith is pretty bad. I mean, he had 166 yards passing. He didn't have to do a whole lot, I guess, um, although they did, they did score some points in the second half. 6.6 um, 6 yards per attempt. He took a couple of sacks, uh, interception, and you know they knocked Burrow out of that game, and then Finley was awful. But Burrow was playing okay before that point. It's just... Uh, again, they weren't able to convert a lot. I think he lost a fumble, which was pretty critical in that sort of game. So it was interesting because Cincinnati seemed to be moving the ball pretty well in that game. It's just neither team could really convert on third down. The Bengals uh, were not able to convert a couple of times on fourth down. So, you know, th they came away with with uh, a victory there, but I won't say it looked great. And the week before that, uh, Washington played against the the Lions, where Smith looked good from a box score perspective in that game because he had almost 400 yards with 390 yards. Um, but again, he had some passes to McLaurin, but he's also was spreading around 15 targets, 15, 1-5 to J.D. McKissick. That, that's not going to be a great offense, uh, <laughs> no, no, matter, no matter what you're doing there. So I don't know. I, I feel like the Cowboys, I, I get your the three points is something, but Andy Dalton is a decent quarterback i know they've had the offensive line problems but they got the running game going a little bit better they still have the wide receiver core right they still have lamb uh cooper gallup all, all playing pretty well so that should elevate him a bit i don't i don't know if i'd like them at at three but i think there's maybe more of a chance that they could be a threat not only to win this game but potentially still win the division uh because everyone is so is so uh jumbled up there in the nfc east yeah, no, that's very fair. The wide receiver core is certainly a lot better, as you said, for for Dallas. And uh, yeah, no, it's the, the divisional race is certainly interesting with all these games having three wins or three and a half, if you want to count the yeah. Eagles tie. Yeah, uh, with yeah. The and then we have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, with the total in this game, I, I do kind of like the over a little bit. I'm seeing 46 now going, going down from 47. Uh, the the average total of the games involving one of these teams has been 49. Obviously, these are not great teams, but both of these defenses are are kind of bad. I can I can see this game getting up. I, I, I'd, I'd rather be on the over of this than the under for sure. No, I, I could see that making sense. Like you said, it's it's down a bit here. Um, neither defense here is is a world beater. I mean, the the Redskins. I'm mean, sorry. The football team's defense has been a little bit better this year, at least as far as generating a pass rush. But it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been close to difficult. I would say to, to score on them. So that that could be a, a way to play. This is to go with the over. Uh, let's look at some of the potential plays using these two games at our friends at PricePicks.com. Uh, you're able to take. Uh, wager either over or under on multiple players, uh, bring them together, and then it's based on a fantasy point projection. If you deposit up to $100, it'll be matched with promo code PFF. So we have a bevy of guys to choose from here. And let me, let me tell you what jumps out to me right off of the bat. So I think some of, I think TJ Hawkinson at 11.1 fantasy points is interesting only because he had a 20% target share last week. He's going to have to be used without Amendola and, um, and Galladay there. So he's a guy that I think if I was going to lean one direction, I would lean, I would lean a little bit over on him. Uh, another one that I think is interesting is, you know, I normally don't like to, 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 to tout overs here, but I think Ezekiel Elliott is kind of interesting at 16.9 only because He's really, I mean, that's a huge, that's, that's a fairly significant discount from what we'd have seen from someone like him in the past. And like I said, he wasn't great in, in the game last week, but he had a hundred yards. He, you know, he's involved in the passing game, at least to an extent, which is going to be necessary in this, in this PPR format. So I think, you know, after a couple of down, very down games, we only had, I think it was four games in a row where he had 49, 45, 63, and 51 yards. He finally popped up here to go over 100. So maybe it's a game where he could he could also break out and they have the, they're the favorite team and he could um, you know be able to 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 rack up some points here. Yeah, no, uh, that 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 makes sense to me on uh, Ezekiel Elliott there. I think that too. One of the things that really surprised me as I was looking through these is trying to find um, spots where, uh, you know, as you said, we tend to prefer unders on these, and usually our PFF projections, which are of course means, are higher than the medians that the uh, line that the price picks lines are trying to be uh but you know there's a couple of these where the price picks line is actually higher right um you know both of the uh the running backs jumped out to me for uh, washington for example right you look at uh, Tony gibson or uh jd mckissick and both of those have lower projections for us than uh than they do for for uh the price picks number i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend taking both of them because it's probably not both of them would hit the under but uh, that that jumped out to me a lot yeah no i think that's i think gibson in particular like i mentioned mckissick has got this pass catching role uh pretty well sewn up there and if that's the case then there can be something with um 
with potentially going under on him. I mean, he had 94 yards, rushing yards, and a touchdown last week, but he only had two targets. So again, he's not he's not getting targeted. I mean, McKissick only had four last week, but like I said, he had uh, he was in the teens the week before. But he got those 94 yards on 16 carries. So he did dominate the the backfield carries. He he had. Uh, almost half, I think of the. I think he had he had a little bit more than half of the backfield carry. So we had a significant amount, but it's hard in a PPR format if you're not going to be involved uh, in, in the receiving game to hit that number. So uh, going under on someone like Gibson at 14 and a half makes sense to me. Now, lastly, we have our showdown content. A couple of showdown slates for tomorrow. Unfortunately, the Ravens Steelers was going to be the biggest. Of these three, but there still is a there's still these still the these are still about 250k to 400k of total prize money. Maybe they'll even adjust it now that the other and the add a new contest now that um, the the late game is off off the table. And looking through, I'll just pick out a few players here that I think look interesting. So in the early game, I'm projecting pretty strong ownership for Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think Will Fuller looks interesting, even though he's very expensive. He hasn't been a standout wide receiver one in that offense for a while, so I think some people may be off of him, leading to some some down ownership. So in, in a tournament format, you could pay up for him and just hoping that the field will be off him a bit. So I think he looks a little bit interesting. Marvin Hall is another interesting name because he was seen as being a guy who was going to step forward in the absence of Galladay and um, and Amendola last week, and it didn't happen. Instead, Jamal Agnew was the guy who filled in with a little bit higher target share. So I think for that exact reason, he ran more routes than Agnew last week. So I think Hall may be a good guy now to invest in. He's not going to be very highly owned, and I think people are going to prefer to to roster Agnew, who is, uh, you know, if you look at their their captain prices here, I mean, Hall is 6,900 and Agnew is only 1,200. And like I said, he had more targets last week. So I think everyone's going to be filtering over to Agnew. So I think that's another interesting play. And lastly, I have the Lions defense. Now, nobody probably really likes this, but despite some improvements that um, that Deshaun Watson has had this year, he still takes sacks and he still has a possibility to potentially turn the ball over. So I think those are a few plays that I like there. And just going over now to the later game, it's a little bit harder to find value here. Uh, Andy Dalton pops a little bit here as the favored quarterback, despite the fact that no one seems to really like him this year. And Amari Cooper is another guy where his ownership is probably going to be subdued with people on CeeDee Lamb, especially after that spectacular catch that he made last week. And that could give him some some value. So I think those two guys are are, are popping up a bit in in my numbers. Yeah, no, uh, that makes sense to me. There's a lot of uh, the targeting uh, distribution in, in Detroit will be really interesting to see how that shakes down with, uh, you know, Galladay there. I think your observation about, you know, Hall running more routes rather than necessarily who's getting the more targets uh, is, a, is a good way to think about that. And uh, yeah, it's uh, there's not great quarterbacking options in the in the later game, but, uh, you know, uh, people are going to going to flock to quarterbacks anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I found that showdown with the ownership more than anything else, even more than your main DFS slate, that things really vary on a week-to-week basis depending upon what happens. So you kind of got to do the old zig when others are zagging or zag when others are zigging or whichever, whatever you're supposed <laughs> to be doing uh, with one of those on, on a weekly basis. So 
Uh, Well, thanks, Lee, for your insight here. Everyone enjoy the reduced Thanksgiving slate here, uh, not only from a betting but showdown perspective. And uh, the two of us will be joining you again next Thursday. Until then, thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) 